On Sunday, I mentioned how Paul encouraged believers because of what they know about God and all that he has provided, that Paul encouraged the people to pray. You know, prayer is based on our relationship with the Lord. It's based on um, what we know about God. Notice with me Ephesians 6, beginning at verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Tonight, what I would like to, us to focus on is practical praying. Practical praying. Now, Paul begins, as I mentioned on Sunday, Paul begins by saying, praying always with all prayer and supplication. And there are two parts of prayer that I mentioned on Sunday that I would like for us just to kind of come back around and think about for just a moment, and that is prayer involves worship. The word prayer that he mentions here, praying always with all prayer, is the idea of focusing on the worth of God. And then all supplications dealing with the requests. You know, prayer is something that can seem, it, we talk about it, it seems so simple and yet can often be very intimidating. Um, talking with God is one of the biggest privileges we have, yet we often seem uncomfortable to share that time with others. And I want you to notice tonight, we're just going to look at a couple verses here and then... Um, we're going to look at, first of all, what did Paul ask people to pray for? If you would, look at verse 19 and 20. And just as you look at the text, what does the text tell us? What does Paul say? I think he asks for two things. What, what are those two things? And if you see a third one, please feel free to mention that. I might have just, in my mind, skipped over it. Yes? That God would give him what to say. Notice he says, that as for and for me. He says, pray for all saints and pray for me that utterance may be given unto me. That's exactly right. He said, pray that I would know what to say. And what else does he ask for? For boldness. Yeah, he says... When you think to pray for me, pray for the content of what I'm going to say. And pray for courage to say that content. Now, practically, let's just back up for a moment. Who are we talking about that's asking for this prayer request? The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul. I mean, if anybody is like the lion, it's the Apostle Paul. Do you remember in the book of Acts, uh, I think it's chapter 4, after the men have been beaten, do you remember what the disciples asked, the apostles asked the people to pray for? That they wouldn't fear the people's faces, that they could have boldness. You know, sometimes I think we feel like we are the only ones who are so 
can I use this since we're talking about us all inclusively, that sometimes we are so weak, we are so fearful, we are so that we don't share the gospel. And we, we look at ourselves and we say, I, I wish I wasn't such a wimp, I wish I wasn't so weak, I wish I wasn't, I wish I wasn't. And then you realize the Apostle Paul, what were the practical prayer requests? He said, pray that I would know what to say and pray that I would have the courage to say it. Doesn't that give, it gives me encouragement to know, do you know things have not changed in a very long time? Believers, when they are threatened or when they're feeling these pressures have always struggled with this. You know, we can relate to those kind of prayer requests. Tonight, I just want to focus for just a few moments on practical praying, practical prayer requests. Sometimes maybe we're uncomfortable to even pray this candidly in public, but Paul did, the early church did, and I want you to notice that Jesus did. Would you turn with me over to Luke chapter 22? And in Luke chapter 22, I want you to notice verse 31. Would someone like to just read that and read verses 31 and 32? Would anyone be comfortable to do that for us tonight, Brother Doug? The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. What did Jesus say he prayed for for Peter? That his faith doesn't fail. What is that? Pray that your faith doesn't fail. If your faith fails, what's happening? Just quit. Quit. Being afraid. When you're... Pardon? I'm sorry. Despairing. Okay. You know... When your faith fails is when you are not able to trust God. When you're not trusting God. You know, God says to do this. We know what it says. And we just can't make ourselves step through that doorway. We just can't make ourselves do that. And what did Jesus say? He said, I've prayed that your faith will not fail. And then notice what he says. And then, when thou art converted. Now, what do you think that means? Do you think he's saying, and when you get saved, brother, you'll be a blessing to other people. Is that what he's saying? The context would lead us to believe, no, that can't mean what that says. Because remember what, G, what, what Peter also has said? Thou art the Christ. Jesus says, are you going to leave also? And he says, and where should we go? You are the Messiah. Those are pretty clear statements of belief and understanding, wouldn't you say? So this is one where our translation kind of trips us up a little bit. Literally, the word converted means to be turned back. When you're set right again. When you're not struggling. You know, because what was happening... Jesus was saying, I'm going to die. And Peter's saying, oh no, Lord, this is not the way this plan works. We're, we're attaching ourselves to you and you're going to be the Messiah. And you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And Jesus says, oh no, that's Satan speaking. And he says, and Satan wants to have you. 
but I've prayed for you. You know, it tells us of a tenderness of our Lord, at least to me. Here's a man who is failing right in front of the Lord. I mean, how prideful is that? Boy, if I'm going to fail, at least I want to do it right when the Lord's standing there. <laughs> I'd like to do it when no one else is standing around. You probably don't think that way, but anyway. Um, and, and what was his response? Jesus said, oh no, I understand, Peter, and I've prayed for you. Do you know a legitimate prayer request is when people are going through hard times that they wouldn't fail and that they could stay focused on the Lord. You know, we can pray for each other that way. We see each other going through hard times. And how do we respond? Sadly, sometimes we look down on each other and we say, I can't believe you're doing that, when internally we know we do the same thing. And Jesus, look at the kindness of our Lord. He says, I've prayed for you. And notice the second prayer request. What happens after he is turned back, after things are turned about, converted, what did he pray for? That he would strengthen the brethren. That he would have that same kind of attitude toward other people. Do you know, we have a unique opportunity here as a body to be honest about what we have been and to encourage other people who are going through the same things that we've gone through. That's a blessing to me. And that's, that's a wonderful way to pray for each other. Sometimes, you know, when we hear so-and-so, boy, they've, they're involved in something, they're hurting themselves. We don't know how to pray transparently. Lord, would you please help them? Help them that their faith wouldn't fail, that in this hard time that they're going through, in this intense spiritual battle that they're in, and often we're looking at it saying, they're making bad choices. Well, they are, but they're in the middle of a really big battle. I say, Lord, would you, I'm praying, Lord, that you would protect them, that their faith wouldn't fail, that they would stay focused on you, and that then, that very thing that Satan thought would defeat them, that, that you would turn that so that then that person could be a testimony and a blessing to others. Practical praying. Notice if we, if we go over to uh, John chapter 17. Let's just turn over there for a moment. And I want you to look, what prayer request did Jesus pray for himself? John 17, we read, These words spoke Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life unto as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Notice in verse 1, what is the prayer request that Jesus prayed? Lord, would you glorify me so that what? I can glorify you. I think I read your lips. Yeah. And now let's stop and think for it. What does it mean to glorify? That's a hard one. We know the word, but how do you then define that? Susie, were you going to? To exalt. Okay. 
to put weight to, that's good. Those are all good ideas to help you get there. Could I just suggest, this doesn't fully cover it, okay, but maybe just to help us get our minds thinking this way, he says, Father, would you draw attention to me so that I can draw attention to you? Now, I know there's, it's a much fuller words than that, but I really struggled with how to describe this because then remember in Matthew chapter 5 where it talks about let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works draws attention to you, but what's the point of attention being drawn to you? So that they will glorify your Father, so that they will see your Father. Their attention will be drawn to Him. And notice how Jesus, who is God, teaches us how to be praying. It's okay for you to be visible. But it's not about you, is it? It's about drawing attention to God. And God's going to put each of us in visible circumstances so that when people notice us, they get to notice God. So Jesus' prayer request was, Lord, help, would you please make me visible so that people will see you? And that's a fair prayer request that we could pray for each other and that we could pray for ourselves. Lord, I don't want people to look at me just because it's me. I want people when they see me to see you. Let's look at uh, two other ones. Uh, one other one. Um, let's just go a little further in this text. And he says, um, verse 9, talking about his disciples, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, for thou, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And no more... And now I know more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those who thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those thou hast given me, I have kept. None of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I come to thee, and these things speak I in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in them. And he goes on, he says, I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but thou shouldst keep them from uh, the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. And as you start looking through these, do you see any prayer request? What prayer request do you see that Jesus prayed for his disciples? You know, he asked that God would guard them, that he would protect them. He asked that, he would, that they would keep unified. He asked that they would be protected from Satan's deceit, deliver from evil. He asked that they would be sanctified, purified, consecrated, separated, that they would be holy. You know, these are all prayer requests, practical praying that we can pray for each other, for our children. You know, one of the things I often pray for the young people here in our church is that they would just have tender hearts, that they would be open to 
when the Holy Spirit speaks to them, that they would respond and they would come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior at a little age. You know, I think so often we think that maybe it is, you know, maybe someone needs to be older, but, but you think about men that God used. Think of Timothy, who from a young age, he'd known the scriptures. And I look at this and I just think, what a great blessing we as a church have the opportunity in teaching our young people. Let me encourage you. I'm not certain how we're going to do this, but we really could use some additional teachers for some of the teaching ministries we already have for children's church and for nursery. But then also, I don't know when we're going to be ready, but I would think we would want some additional teaching time for our children so that they are hearing more of God's word and being taught more. Traditionally, we would call it Sunday school. We can use whatever term we would like. Our teenagers need an opportunity to where they're interacting with the word. And, and I don't know when we're going to be ready as a body. I, I would be ready when you guys are ready. But I would just have you begin thinking about that. You know, it's probably going to take maybe a restructuring of when we meet, but maybe not, actually. We often have a lot of time after our service if we wanted to start with church and then have a Bible study time after that. Uh, where we could get into smaller groups. I don't know. I just know this. As we pray for one another, and we begin praying practically, we can pray that people, that their faith wouldn't fail, and that even after that big battle that they've gone through, that God would use them to help other people so they wouldn't fall, they wouldn't stumble. We can pray that God would guard his people, that he would keep us unified, that we wouldn't separate, that he would protect us from Satan's deceit, that he would set us apart to be useful for him. Practical praying. Praying for the things we really need and that others need. I, I don't have time tonight to read it. If you would like to look this up, you can find it on the internet. It's called Soul Nourishment First. And it is written by George Mueller. It was written May 8th, 1841, I think. And George, you know, is the man that's known for prayer and praying and all these different things. But George made an interesting observation. He said, you know, he said, often praying is hard. And he said, I would find that he's, and he would pray most of the morning. I've never been able to do that. I've never done that be able, it sounds like I'm saying I couldn't. But George just said, you know the thing that I've seen most, he said, is if I will spend time and just nourish my soul first in the scriptures. He said, then I've got a whole lot more to think about and to talk with the Lord about. And he's talking about how important prayer is. And I just want to encourage you as, as we think about needs here at the church, as we begin thinking about what does the Lord want to do in this church? What does the Lord want to use us to accomplish? But also, what is the Lord just wanting to do through us? George made this comment. He said, you know, I used to always pray about service opportunities, and I would pray that God would use me, and I prayed. But he said, you know, I began realizing everything starts first with just enjoying God. If I can just start my day and enjoy God and talk with him, he said, I think that's the most important thing God wants. And as we're connected to what God wants, he might have us serving him. 
He might have us doing other things. On your prayer sheet tonight, you'll notice at the very top, I've listed try incorporating these five things uh, into your time with the Lord. And I mentioned these on Sunday, and, and I'm going to show it to you again. If you would, maybe just let's just do this, because sometimes when you hear it, and then when you see it, and then when you interact with it, hopefully it's going to help you lock in. But these are wonderful things as you're teaching your children how to pray, as you're encouraging maybe a young believer in how to pray, this is something that you can do. And that is, we talked about what are some things we should remember as we pray. First of all, we ought to praise God. What are things we could praise God for? Um, Praising him, the focus there is on God's character. These are the things for who he is. Thanksgiving is the second one, and that's praising God. That is praying for the things that God has done for you. That's thanking him. That helps me so much when I have, when I see problems and I don't know how to fix that. When I praise God first in my prayers, it reminds me, my God can. And Thanksgiving reminds me, my God does all the time. The third thing that I mentioned is confession. And that is understanding the problem is not with God, the problem is with me. And I'm agreeing with God's holiness when I begin confessing my sin. The fourth thing is intercession. That's where we pray for one another. And that comes back now to our text in Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul says, And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. This is an opportunity that God puts before us. He says, you can have a part in other people's lives by praying for them. Persevering, which means you keep praying for them. That would lead you to believe that the answer didn't come right away. It would lead you to believe that the individuals maybe aren't getting it always right. And then the last thing, uh, well, really the second to the last thing that I mentioned to you is petition. And that is, what are the things that we need to be praying for? What do I need that would, in fact, help me to accomplish what God wants to be done? There's some things you're going to need. You become focused on the fact, you know, I really need a different car to accomplish what God wants me to do. You may need a different house to accomplish what God wants you to do. But it's no longer about, I want this, I want this, I want this. But genuinely, it is... Lord, I want to be used by you. And the Holy Spirit is leading you to say, you know what, I do need this, and I do need this. And I trust God. I need health. Maybe sometimes we don't need the health. And I think that's where this whole aspect of remembering how great our God is helps us to be confident as we pray because we know that's what he wants. And then the last thing that I mentioned is taking time to just stop and listen. Sometimes we talk and we talk and we talk and we don't stop and listen. So what's God saying? How is God leading me now that I've asked? So praise, thanksgiving, confession, intercession, petition, 
listen. And as you're teaching your children to pray, you can teach them those words and what they mean so that as you're praying, would you be the one tonight to pray, to praise the Lord? Would you think of something we know about God? Would you remember something God has done for us? Would you be willing to pray and agree with God about how holy he is and how sinful we are? Would maybe another one of your children, would you be willing tonight to remember some needs of others? And then maybe another one could remember to thank the, to pray for the things that they need, that we as a family need. And then talk about what is God telling us now that we've talked with him, what's he wanting to do? And teaching our children how to pray. And please don't feel awkward with that. Remember, what did the disciples ask? Lord, teach us to pray.